1: Welcome to the 360 Recruiting Podcast, a podcast for OU recruitments, presented by Sooners360.com. Each and every week, we catch you up on the latest in OU recruiting, including offers, evaluations, schedules, opinions, and more. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. up everybody welcome to this week's edition of the 360 recruiting podcast presented by sooners360.com this week is episode number 32 we're calling it big weekend number one is finally here and i'm here with chris mason lead recruiting analyst over at sooners360 and we're joined as usual by caleb cummings aka mr sooner 55 our film guru breaking down these players um, this is a reminder to subscribe to the show. We are on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, etc. and I'll tease it again. We are soon to be on video. A new platform is coming. That'll be very cool. And as I just mentioned in the title, the first big weekend for OU's official visit season is here. It has arrived. Caleb, Chris, we have a lot of names to go into, but first Chris, Let's get to the latest news in OU's recruiting world. What's going on?
2: Well, you know, there's good news, bad news. That's kind of one of these scenarios. So you guys want the bad news first, right? Get that out of the way with? Yeah, might as well. Might as well, right? So let's just start with the bad of the bad news. Uh, Bryant Wesco verbal to Clemson. He took an official visit there last weekend. I think everybody thought this was maybe an OU TCU with like a flash of LSU or a flash of Clemson kind of battle. He apparently went to Clemson and fell in love with Clemson, South Carolina, and proceeded to give a bunch of quotes about why he liked Clemson that made it sound like he really should be liking OU a lot more and verbally to OU. So kind of a kick in the, kick kick in the, in the guts to OU fans here, five-star wide receiver Big time target i've had him predicted to go to ou for like the last four months so blew that one um but of course everybody in the ou recruiting world didn't have this right no one in the recruiting world really had this right so this is a this is a odd recruitment decision somewhat so um we'll we'll see what ou does from here wide receiver is it's not hard to find great wide receivers uh, there's lot, Texas is full of wide receivers and full of wide receivers with division one offers. It's just finding the right ones to offer. So this is a blow. Um, does OU continue to recruit Westco? I'm not sure. I think they're going to probably let their June visits fall, see where they are at the end of June, and then probably decide if they want three or four wide receivers and then and play things from here. We've got a couple of offers out there that are, that are interesting from a connection standpoint, and we'll, we'll get to those in a minute and from the wide receiver position. Next, Clemson again, Sammy Brown verbal to Clemson, and that's not really a surprise. Clemson and UGA with the presumed 1-2 favorite with OU kind of playing the dark horse role. Uh, I think for UGA, this is a massive blow. He's talking about not taking his official visits, and as of Right now, there's there's no sign that he's heading to Athens, Georgia to visit. Uh, he's not going to come to OU for the barbecue U weekend. At least that's what he's saying. And and if he's not that interested in OU, I'd rather he just not come to the barbecue U weekend and tie up OU's resources and assets that weekend. So if he's locked down and he's got lots of connections to Clemson, so this isn't a big surprise, is it? A blow to OU, Yeah, sort of. It would have been nice to at least. Complete the resu- the recruiting cycle with Sammy, and have the official visit and see if that put OU in a better standing. But really, if you're talking about teams that that, that kind of took it took it in the gut gut blow from this, it's it's Georgia. He lives 35 minutes, 30 30 plus miles, maybe you know, south of Athens in Jefferson, Georgia. So the two time national champions just lost a five star linebacker. From basically, like Midwest city, in terms of Oklahoma, uh, in terms of Oklahoma. Well, what's what would be like a rural community thirty miles south of south of, of Norman? Purcell, maybe. Yeah, something like that. Like maybe like Duncan Balls, or something Balls like. Pauls Valley. Yeah, Pauls Valley, something like that. Yeah, you know, somewhere where you would think, well, well, you should really lock that kid down. So that's a big blow for Georgia. It does. Uh, we're about to, we're going to talk about visitors this week, and it does make a certain visitor this weekend much more important. And then the strangest, I don't know, strange, but the, the, the one that really hurts, I think, is Joseph Jonah Ayanje, who we've been talking about on this pod for like months, seems to be trending to UGA. Now, OU is supposed to get an official visit next week. So, you know, I guess the big question here is, can, can OU recover and, and reclaim a lead that they had established with, uh, with Joseph?
1: Chris, do you think that was a, a blessing thing from his mom? Because we have reported in the past that distance could be a factor. Um, Norman's obviously still far from their area, but it's within reasonable driving range. Athens is another story. Do you think it, it's possibly something where his mom said, "You know what? I'll, I'll let you go wherever you want to go?"
2: Well, his mom, according to what you can you parse together, his mom was not on his unofficial visit to Georgia. So, she didn't travel to Athens. And just to recap here, he's from Conroe, Texas. That's like 6 miles, 6 hours by car to Norman uh to get to Athens, Georgia, just as a to show this, you're going to have to drive I don't know, something like 50 minutes in traffic and on a good day in Houston traffic down to uh, George Bush Airport. Then you got a two-hour flight to Atlanta. Then trust me, uh, I'm I'm Atlanta Sooner. I know the Atlanta-Hartsfield Airport very well. When you land in Atlanta to get your bags, a rental car, and to get back on the road, it's an hour. That's another hour. And then on a good day, I mean a good day, uh, it's a two and a half hour trip from the Atlanta airport to UGA, and that's on a good day. Uh, like the downtown connector and 285 aren't completely scrambled, and you're not sitting in Gwinnett traffic heading to Athens for you know. It, it could be it's it easily could be a three hour drive. So it's it's not going to be the easiest uh, uh, the easiest uh, transit for them on their official visit. If Mom is not a fan of Complicated travel, planes, trains, and automobiles. Uh, maybe she doesn't like that trip to, to Athens. But the big thing is, you know, OU just needs to, he needs to visit officially, and OU needs to land that official visit. They need to, you know, reemphasize all of the reasons why OU, he nearly committed to OU several, to why we thought OU commitment was coming. So I think, think there's a chance to, you know, and like I said, the, what we had heard was mom was not very happy about OU being you know that far away so we'll see distance you know has become less of an issue i think for big time kids with some nil money I meaning you can do the plane flight issue i mean because it's the drive to there would be brutal it's like like 15 hours it's just it would be a terrible drive on 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 i-20 just a terrible highway <laughs> yeah. for, for most of it and then through um then through my cousin Vizzy like my cousin my cousin Vizzy land uh my you know my cousin vinny land in alabama um, you know, dirt for sale, you know, the Utes. Dirt, the Utes dirt for sale signs, um, lower, that's lower Alabama, which if you're, if you are not familiar with, with Alabama, there at lower Alabama is an entire other country. So, um, having driven, taken that drive to any number of times. So yeah, it's, you know- it's, 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 it's weird. Cause he's, you know, maybe I'm hoping Edric Houston commits on his visit to Athens this weekend and maybe, maybe. Uh is like, Ooh, we got Edric Houston. Do we need another Edric Houston or do we need somebody different? So- well, to your
3: point, so uh they picked up Justin Green, which is a a top one hundred defensive end, defensive line. Recent- very, uh they picked him up three days ago. Oh wow, okay. Yeah. So looking into this because uh JJA is one of my uh, one of my probably favorite players in the class and it's more about to me his versatility he is a bit of a chess piece he can play him outside at defensive end you can play him you know three technique you could probably against a lot of the empty sets stuff you see i bet he'll grow into a guy that's you know a rocked up 280 uh probably maybe a little heavier you could likely play him over the nose in a nascar package and just hey hey we're going to heat We're going to heat you up. And I think that's what Georgia has talked to him about, is like we're going to play you outside, we're going to play you inside. And that's what he sees himself as, really smart kid, wants to play in the NFL and knows, hey, here's my skill set and here's how that skill set's going to fit, Uh, which fits, in my mind, it fits Oklahoma's defense better because of what Oklahoma does, being a true four down, uh, Georgia still is not. Now, all that a long-winded way to say, when I looked at like what Georgia – has done because there has been this momentum and I think you brought it up to me, Chris. This is all momentum that has been building for Georgia since uh Dylan Rayola committed
2: to them and Dominic Dominic.
3: Is it a uh, Dominic was it's his is the no, uncle. Sorry, the no, you're right. no, you're right, no, you're yeah. right. Yeah, you're talking about Dylan. the former sorry semi-track.
2: the I'm getting by Rayola's all confused.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, you're fine. It, but since that point, yeah, they've had five guys commit, uh really four and a half because one was a kicker. So it didn't really count. Uh, they've had, and one of those guys, probably one of my favorite tight ends in the class, Jaden Riddell. Uh, he committed to Georgia yeah, last a, week. A... And looking at it, so this is what a lot of this I think came from. Raiola was on campus. Jja was there. Riddell was there. Green was there. A lot of these kids were there. They had the a verbal. Big, they had a big blowout weekend. Yeah. Uh, gained a ton of momentum. I will say. Reading the uh, there's an interview with J.J.A. this past week, some of the stuff he said about each one of these teams was like, I want to get back to Oklahoma. He's going to take the visit to OU next weekend. He'll take that official visit. David Stone will be there. I think Nigel Smith. Right. There's Oklahoma, I think, can get back in it. Uh, my concern and my thought process would be as much as i think oklahoma gets back in it the concern being the following weekend he goes back to georgia and those comments were georgia's just different i can't wait to get back to that place and I, you know i've got some friends there says he's great friends with riola and then he did say mom is going with me this next trip and so this is why know. we need
2: to this is why I need to disrupt his travel plans through our Super secret um, rendition team um, that we have procured for the ability to manipulate and um, change the course of OU recruiting. So, yeah, listeners know that we're we're working. You know, we have a black ops team at a, a secure site uh, in Matt's basement, um, ready to ready to be deployed at a moment's notice uh, to disrupt the travel plans of OU recruits heading to other locations. But yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's the big, it's the annoying thing, right? Like, oh, you found him. They, they, he, he blew up after the OU offer. OU sort of like, you know, hey, we found you. You're our guy. And they did a great job recruiting him this in the summer. And then, like, two weeks, you know, then like May 1st, UGA's like, oh, yeah, that guy's brilliant. Let's, let's go, let's go steal him. And it's like, ah, stay away. He's, you know, don't you have enough guys in Georgia to recruit? Can't you just leave us this one guy? From Texas, that's really good. I mean, please, come on. We beat we beat Texas and AM for him. You know, go away, go away, go away. But it's tough. I mean, this this is, you know, we're gonna talk a little bit about, you know, Williams Airy coming up. It's the it, these are the we're now gonna to refer to these as these as the as the gold-plated unicorns of recruiting, right?
1: The SEC elite, elite D linemen. And you're yep. gonna be fighting Georgia, Alabama you can put clemson in that mix uh you can put auburn in that mix every once in a while ohio state
3: yeah
2: yeah and we're are yeah, also fighting ohio state too too so yeah and michigan to a certain degree um if they keep if they keep recruiting like they are so it's it's annoying it's pre- completely predictable and you you've got to hope that some of the connections that ou made with him come back into play which i think is entirely possible and maybe you hope that uga's like you know, Edric Houston verbals, and then you get you, then you get it back on campus, and you're kind of like, well, you know, UGA kind of got, you know, kind of got you.
1: Now two guys at his position, it seems. Yeah, like. two guys,
2: two guys at his position. You know, we're, you know, we're we're planning on using you in the exact same way all over the field. You're gonna line up next to David Stone. You're gonna line up next to PJ Ataware, and and hopefully Williams Winery. So I think you know, there's a message, there's a play there. It's just. It, for OU fans getting kicked in the, kicked in the, you know, in the, kick below the belt with Bryant Wesco and then the pipe dream of Sammy Brown blew up. This JGA news was the last thing we needed.
0: Uh,
2: you know, and you got to, and so, you know, we're, we're recruiting off a six and seven season. Um, and, you know, we, and we still got the David Hicks, you know, Lebius Overton, you know, Gabe Dindy the Derek Moore PTSD still floating around, even though we did get PJ and we got, you know, Derek LeBlanc last year. Um, it, it's This was not the mental health week our, our, our recruiting fan base needed. Uh, I posted on our message board, the classic far side cartoon of the, of the building labeled crisis center and it's on flames and it's going over, a, it's going over a, a waterfall. And that sort of was like, you know, that's sort of like a little bit of what was going on with OU fans recruiting-wise because, you know, there haven't been any ver- – I mean, OU's really been in – hasn't had anything going on since the spring game. So it's, it's been a tough May to slog through. And then the first weekend in June is tough. So we we need a little bit of a bounce back this weekend, and we'll, we'll, we'll get to all of that in our big next segment. So,
1: Yeah, it's been a – it has appeared stagnant, but – Things are about to start getting pretty wild.
3: Yeah. yeah. That, that, we have been saying this, whether it's on the board or on here, it's uh, like nut cutting time is these next two to three weeks. So when all of these kids, kids started taking really officials, what last weekend, some yeah. will be officials this weekend, obviously we'll get into the big weekend. Next weekend is a huge weekend. So it's going so that's where everything is really interesting to me you know uh some things uh, oklahoma will win some you're going to lose some so it happens when you compete at a high level but uh it's i think we'll think like i said this on the board uh to sim right come come uh July Fourth weekend, the weekend after the Fourth, I think you'll we'll all have a really good idea of where the class is going to land, what it's going to be. To some regard, I, I think there'll be a lot of kids that make decisions or uh, begin to line up the decision. Right, they're going to announce, post all the visits. Hey, you know my my announcement date is going to be July insert the date, and they'll start to get all of their their graphics ready and and, and all that stuff that the kids do these days, uh, but we'll have an idea of where the, those kids are leaning.
2: I mean, there is, there is, I mean, so we've got all the bad news out. I'll get this one piece of good news in. I think it's good news at least is 2025 or 2024 tight end. Devon Mitchell is announced that he's verbally committing on July 8th. Now he's visiting OU for the barbecue. He's going to go to Miami and he's going to go to Alabama and they'll, they'll all be unofficial visits and then he's going to make a decision. He I think he I think he's going to be able to reclassify which will give OU their tight end for 24. And I think he's he's not committing unless he knows he's going to reclassify. That's that's my read on the situation. So one of those kids is already going to fall and I think OU's in a really good place with Devon just based upon all of the connections, relationships and uh and the, the number of times he's been a Norman. So I think he's, t- I think it's in a good place. And he, even with accelerating his development by maybe skipping a year, that kid's ready to play college football. He is, he's a physical beast. So.
1: Yeah. And we'll take this chance too to Chris plug your excellent interview with Mitchell uh, happened about a month ago. It is over yep. on YouTube. So go check that out. If you want to hear a little bit from Mitchell. Uh, I think we've got a pretty good feeling about it, right?
2: Yeah. we, he was in an interim position where he wasn't really able to talk about his reclassification stuff on the record. Cause I, cause you know, he just, he can't talk about it until he's like ready to, ready to say it. Right. I mean, you know, he, you know, and I, and I can't talk about his, his classes and his grades and stuff like that. I, and neither, and I wouldn't expect him to either. So I think from that perspective, OU's in a good spot there. And again, he's six, he's every bit six four, six five, two forty five. 245 He's a, he's a thick kid. He's ready to play football. All right, well, let's
1: get to some more positive news. It seems like the staff knew the Wesco thing was happening and made some moves on some 2024 wide receivers.
2: Chris, what's going on with these latest offers? Well, fortunately, summer camps coincided with this news. So OU's having a lot of players come in and out of Norman for various summer camps. Very impressively, Mike Hawkins and Kevin Sperry are attending a lot of those camps. So a lot of the wide receivers are getting to work with OU's future, future QB core. And just for an added punch, Jackson Arnold is at most of these events, you know, getting paid, uh, working the camps, making a little green, making the camps. And he's also there. So the wide receivers are able to see that, you know, OU's got a, got a, you know, has a is in a good spot there. So the first one was an offer to a Texas Tech verbal commitment. His name is Ivan Carrion. I believe that's how you say his last name. He's about 6'6", maybe 200, 205 pounds, uh, big receiver. Apparently had a great workout at DOU summer camps. Um, I've watched his film. I'm a little at sixes and sevens with him. He, he, I mean, he's a big guy. He posts up DBs well. I'm just not quite sure where he fits in this scheme in terms of his sort of downfield field, downfield speed and separation. Well, what do you think, Caleb?
3: Yeah, I... I probably fall in the same boat. I, I think at times though, it is hard with kids that big. So six six, two hundred 200 pounds to really get a good gauge of how fast is he moving? Uh, you he's know, got good,
2: he's got good tracks time. So, and that's he's where he's going to go. He's a good yeah. track athlete. So it just, maybe he doesn't, it's not, he's not showing on film um, how yeah. athletic he is because most of the highlights are just, you know, him posting up small DBs for, you know, you know, jump for jump long jump ball passes down the sideline. Yeah. One. Yeah. So,
3: there's there's some some clips of, you know, I think he there's one where he takes a like a twenty five. Yes. He takes a slant. He he yeah. cuts it across the field, then up the sideline. Uh and he outruns everybody. But yeah, you're like, you know, you don't see this, this just jet of him pulling away. He just uh, just barely outruns the uh the last angle on that a kid had. I'm torn big kids like that. Football has just changed so much. I remember this is probably uh, 2012, 2013, 2014, when John Gruden worked for ESPN. And I always noticed this trend as well, right? Up until really the last six or so years in the NFL, you never saw a high-level receiver that actually measured 6'4" until Calvin Johnson out at, there was a break. There was a guy named Harold Carmichael that played for the Eagles oh, yeah. in the, in the 1970s. And it was legitimately, if you said, show me a list of the best receivers, six foot four plus like a legit six, four plus in the NFL over, you know, since the history, it was like, okay, here's Harold Carmichael. But in the last, you know, five, 10 years, the way spread offenses. And then with the rule changes as well, that have occurred, right? You can't touch them for, you know, and touch them within three yards. After that, you can't touch them at all. Uh, just so many different rule changes. It's just we've seen a proliferation of larger receivers. So I do understand at 6'6, 200 pounds, he's got good body control. He's a good track athlete. He's a good basketball player. You look at that and think, hey, one on one in space, which again is what this offense will do with those really large receiver splits. He creates a massive mismatch problem for a lot of corners. If your corner is 5'11, 5'10, 5'9, even on the 6-foot side, you've got a kid that's half a foot, you know, even if even if he's covered, he's not, you know, he's you don't have him covered. Uh so I I I totally I can see the offer. I think, you know, you hear people talk these days about hey, with our receiver room. We want it to be, we want a little bit of everything. We don't want all five foot ten, you know, slot type guys. We don't want everybody to be six foot six, but we want to have a bit of a basketball team.
2: Maybe, you know, uh
3: maybe he's, that's, your, he's
2: your power forward center.
3: He's your power forward. He's a guy that you could put all over, try to get some mismatches and throw the ball to. Uh, you know, I I would say this. I, I I respect him at Jones, and I when it comes to receivers, I really trust Jeff Levy. He's been around some really good ones. in His time at you know uh, all over. So I would I would trust those guys with that offer. Uh, oh, yeah. I would trust oh, yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. And even at
1: even at two hundred two hundred and five pounds, if you look at him, he looks like he can still add some good mass for sure. You know, yeah. maybe even another. He could be two twenty five and not blink
3: an eye. And then that's where I think is it? Is it Bradley, the receiver at uh, Texas uh, Tech?
2: Yeah, Jerron Bradley. Jerron Bradley.
3: Right? And he's, I think, 6'6, 220 or so. And that's the thing to your point, Matt. Guys that are 6'5, 6'6 at 220, they're still really lean. Uh, I think, uh, you know, what is the kid played at Galveston Ball and then uh, Texas AM? Now he's a. Pro Bowl Mike, wide receiver for the Mike Buccaneers. Evans. Mike, Mike Evans. Evans. Yeah. 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 I, he was, you know, I think he's 225, 6'5, and looks yeah, like a really, really lean easy. guy.
2: Yeah. yeah. So, you know, there's obviously a connection here because um, he's verbal to tech. So I'm pretty sure Emmett knows him, recruited him, and offered him earlier in the cycle when he was working for tech. So, you know, I think it could be just Emmett like, you know, I like this kid. I really want this kid. Let's offer him and see what see what happens. I don't know if a flip is gonna happen. Some people have put in some forecast crystal balls on that. I think it, you know, he's. We'll, we need to wait and see what's going on. But, but Matt, oh, you made another interesting offer that has another big time tech connection. Uh, they offered Dozy Oku Kanma. Does that sound right? Izu Izu Kanma Izu Kanma
3: Izu Kanma. Right, we're we're,
2: we're going to go with that, and we we apologize to to Dozy. Uh, and, and his family, if we've completely butchered that, um, we, we, we try our best, <laughs> yes. but um, we did. It, uh, one of the things that the recruiting databases need to come up with is a pronunciation guide. Uh, they need to, in the recruit profile, they should really come up with a pronunciation guide. So, by the way, I'm going to patent that. So if you guys, if they steal it, I'm going to sue them. So <laughs> um, he's 6'4", 185. He's kind of thin. He's very athletic. I liked his film. He. He looks real smooth, looks, you know, doing a lot of different things at wide receiver. He is taking the ball. He's He does have some deeper plays where he's out running guys, a little more of the separation factor that I was looking for. Uh, he has a really interesting uh, genetics. His brother, uh, Eric uh, Ezukama, um, was a recent draft pick out of Texas Tech, fourth round pick. He was a big kid, 6'2", 206, 210. Uh, I remember him kind of torturing OU a little bit. Of note, as small, smaller DBs,
3: I say of note. I, I find this interesting because you talked about body type there, and uh, the younger brother being 185. Eric coming out of high school was 183 pounds. Yeah. He put on. He grew to two. I think he his draft profile. He weighed 209 redraft. so he gained. Sometimes some guys are right; they just gain lean mass easier. Yeah, and uh, he might be one
2: of those. And he looks really—he looks good on film. I mean, it's not hard to imagine him being six three, six four, two oh five, two ten, and having that kind of silky gliding, um you know, just that that easy athleticism that we like from Zion Kearney so much. So that's an interesting offer. Again, Emmett, uh, I trust Emmett Jones again. Texas is full of guys like this, right? And whether it's um, you know whether it's the guys we saw at Baylor for a while, or the or the guys that Texas Tech has been adding, or Quinton Johnston at TCU, you know, there's just there's just a lot of big-bodied, athletic, um, excellent wide receivers in Texas, and it's it's can you develop and build them? Can you find the right ones, and can you build and develop them? So. Uh, are these reactions to the West Coast situation? Probably a little bit. And also does OU want four wide receivers in this class now that um, Kenyon Brown is, is waylaid and waylaid and going to, is at Garden City Community College and not in Norman this weekend. So that's, that's it for the, for the wide receiver offers, Matt. Um, and Caleb, OU made two interesting D-line offers and I, I don't really know how to read into these. Just because they continue to make D-line offers, and this staff is always making offers and making backup plans. Like they see a guy, they see him on film, they like him, they offer him. They're not really worried that they've got five guys in front of him because you just never know when you're going to need that guy. And to to a certain point, no you's you know, got a big June coming up, and then they could cycle three or four guys in in the fall uh, very easily. So the first one is from. I think Wheaton, Illinois, his name is Joe Barner. He's about 6'4", 245. Um, He's super high motor, very physical. Um, The easy, obvious comp is he looks very similar to Wyatt Gilmore, who's from Minnesota. He's from, you know, one's from Minnesota, one's from Illinois. And they're both like high motor physical guys. They don't like quarterbacks. When they get their hands on them, they kind of knock them around a little bit. Uh, the other guy is from D.C. Uh, his name is uh, DeAndre Cook. He's 6'3", 6'4", 250, 260. Don't quite understand this offer. His his film is okay. He's playing a lot of defensive end. He's, he's pretty physical. I wonder if maybe, uh, and I just wonder if um, Todd Bates has got tipped off that this guy is bigger than that, and that he, maybe he's going to play more of a natural defensive tackle role his senior year, and maybe... Maybe OU's gotten tipped off that he's bigger, that he's not, that 6'4", 250 number is nowhere near accurate. Now he's a bigger guy, and, and they're, they're going to play him at D-tackle. So that's a, that's a hypothesis, but um, you know those, those, those two D-line offers, I think, are obviously kind of in a parking lot until OU figures out what happens with their main offers this June.
1: I mean, it's basically their Ashton Sanders and Taylor Wine of last year, but S- way six way earlier.
2: earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Way earlier. So, yeah.
3: Th- th- that's my thought on it. I, you know, Barner, are or Barna, uh, whatever. I think it's yeah. Barna, maybe. Bar- Barna, yeah. Yeah. Barna. He, yeah. He, same. I've, I, the guy he kind of reminds me of in some regards is at least physically, you look at him, and think it looks a little bit like Ethan Downs, like really well sure, put sure. together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he just plays with better hands, <laughs> better hands, better pad level, and he's more,
2: Better burst. There's a burst off the line. There's a better
3: burst off the line. And he's there's more he's – he's more sure of himself. He sees it a little better. He's more natural. I think Ethan was – and everybody knew this, right? Really good athlete that was going to take some time, that he needed to be developed, needed to be coached up. And this is something I've talked about on the board a ton where I knew you knew there was going to be a, uh, a large learning curve because the previous scheme did not teach a lot of basic fundamentals along defensive line. It was shoot that gap, get in there, get up the field, make a play, be disruptive. It wasn't, you know, come off the ball, engage the, you know, engage the front the front side hip, get a feel for where he's going, try to, you know, dip between this and hold your gap. It, it just they were not teaching uh basic football 1 on 1 is the best way to say it. So, but that's who Barna reminds me of. And Cook, I looking at pictures it's you And that's all we kind of have to go by online. He looks a lot bigger. He looks more along the lines of, I wouldn't say he's as long-armed as LeBlanc, but it's it's more to me, that's what the, the frame looks more, uh, a bit more of a, actually, maybe not that much more of a sawed-off LeBlanc, but maybe a mix between Derek LeBlanc and Grayson Halton. Is what I I kind of see there with him. Uh, I definitely see a guy that would grow into a, a three technique, but I uh, my feeling on it is very similar to yours, Chris. I think it's this this staff just says, "Hey, we're going to evaluate guys. When we find them, we're going to make a decision: Can you play or not? We're going to make the offer. We're not going to, you know, sit around and just talk to you, hold it. We know maybe we're going to need you down the line, so let's let's do that. I for me watching this spring play out has reminded me, you know, we had whatever it was, four or five years of Lincoln Riley. And so you were able to pick up on how they put together the board, how they attacked it, who they evaluated, and then what their process was. You knew they were going to try to, you know, they were going to pull up the the rivals 100 and they were going to offer all those kids and they were going to try to get them in for spring, get them to commit immediately. Uh, and there was a lot of that. This staff, I think, in some regards, I am at least. I'm still learning because this is the first full real cycle, right? Yeah, it is. It is still learning how they attack things, you know, how they're going to prioritize their board and what they're going to go about. Because we talked about this, whether it's on the board or on this pod, there are some positions where uh, you're looking at it and being like, I have zero idea how many kids they're trying to take or what's going on because there's four or five or six. For what I think is three spots, and they're in the top two or three for all of these guys. So yeah, it's still learning how this staff recruits.
0: Yeah, well, but man, next... I think
2: that, yeah, that's a good point. Go ahead, man. Sorry.
1: Well, this next little part kind of still plays into that, but yeah, um, there's a, a group of 2025 offers that came out of these summer camps. Um, again, establishing relationships, recruiting early, recruiting often, getting offers out to these guys building your board, building it deep. Uh, so when, you know, JJA falls in love with a different school, you automatically got a backup plan. So, Chris, what what are these new 2025 offers uh, and any other news out of the OU summer
2: camps? Well, the, the, the big thing is the quarterbacks are working with the kids heavily. So you're seeing Sperry, Hawkins, and Jackson Arnold. So the wide receivers are all getting – dimes thrown to them by the next three gen next three generations of OU quarterbacks. So wide receiver recruiting is like for 25 is like on fire. It's ridiculous. Um Andrew Marsh, top 50 wide receiver, top sorry, top 50 player in the country, was just on campus working out with the wide receivers. Um, They just offered another wide receiver from Texas, Royal Capel. They offered two more last week. I mean it's like literally and I'm not even talking about like Dakarian Moore and um, uh, and Isaiah Mosey.
3: Elijah or, Thomas. Or that
2: Elijah is. Thomas in Oklahoma, Jaden Nixon. Nickens last week, he was on got got I me. Mean, I could build like a 10 wide receiver class right now for 25. It's just it's, it's ridiculous. It's like I, I, I don't quite know how to process it all, Matt, other than the fact that like 10 wide receivers want to go to Oklahoma right now and at best, OU would have four spots, and you know, and there's still national guys like Philip Bell from California who's who have expressed interest in OU, and and you know, Emmett Jones was talking to. So it's 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 a little it's a little it's a little bit nutty at wide receiver, and then they offered a tight end from Nebraska again for 25, and I thought the 25 tight end pool was pretty big anyway. Uh, Chase Lofton from the from Nebraska. He's like 6'5, 210 and apparently had a great summer camp and he's a 25 player, so I'm not really that worried about his his weight at this point. And then so he's, off- from,
1: he's from Nebraska
2: and he's a tight end, so you had yeah. to offer him. Yeah, apparently. We offered every tight end from Nebraska other than the the kid that ended up going to Nebraska. Um the the wide receiver, the wide received guy wanted to be a wide receiver whose name escapes me. Oh, no one could out. Oh, oh no. Malachi Coleman? That yeah. would be car- Nelson was it Coleman? Yeah, Coleman. it was Coleman. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, you're right. Good, good pull there. Uh, Caleb. Um, so they offered him. So I don't quite understand that offer again. It's just more, you know, Caleb said, I can't understand what's going on with offers, but I mean, again, it's just like, see elite athlete, see how he works out, see how coachable he is offer him, you know, if he's, uh, if he's got, if he's, if he's worthy of an offer, just make an offer. Don't, don't make an offer. Don't, second guess it so and they know these guys aren't going to commit on the spot yeah exactly so that's the that's the little bit of the the recruiting visit no recruit visit rule before committing that helps you make offers and not worry about um getting too many early verbals then they offered a really interesting running back from the dallas area michael turner jr he's a 2025 running back and we're I'm, i'm digging in to see if i can find this i i think he's the son of NFL running back, Michael Turner, who starred with the Chargers and the Falcons, uh, the Turner burner, uh, who was a great running back at Northern Illinois, like 5'9", 230, just a, just a bowling ball of a, of a running back to tackle. So his son's a little smaller, at least right now he is, but um, he looks really good on film, looks really natural, looks really good. So. And then Bill Biedenbaugh has, has made has just feasted on this, this camp session more than I've really ever seen him before. He's made probably six 2025-2026 um, offensive lineman offers. He recently offered Owen Hollenbeck. Uh, he's a big guard, center guy, 6'3", 6'4", 300 pounds. Just, just you know, you put him through the Schmidty car wash and he's a, he's a mauler, mauler destroyer. Um, and then they offered Zaire Addison from Florida, came in from Florida. He's six five, two seventy, And he's, he's your classic power forward at offensive tackle kind of guy that, that Caleb and I love that, you know, super athletic, huge wingspan. And you, you'll just, you'll, you, he'll be 310 pounds before he knows what's happened with him in a weight program, but you, you can't teach his quickness, short range, quickness and athleticism. So. But Bill, Bill's like way ahead on building his 25-0 line, which I think is a great sign that Bill is back to what he's, you know, he's gotten all these camp kids, so he's working them out. He's trying them at different positions, and he's figuring out how coachable they are. And, okay, what did this kid pick up in one session with me? Okay, yeah, he's – I can coach this kid. He's coachable. So I think that's more good. A little more
1: evidence for Caleb's
2: Riley theory. Yeah, the 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 that Riley was holding him back and it's like Bill has, I think, twelve O line offers for twenty-five right now. And that's like stunning. Like he'd never have this many offers before. So I mean even
3: f- even looking at this week and next week and what he what he has lined up in twenty-four, and you compare it to all the time with Riley, it was never that's why I joked about Riley would look at the Rivals one hundred or the Rivals two hundred and fifty. He's like, "All right, offer those guys. We don't get them. We're you know we'll, we'll go to the portal. We won't worry. We'll, we'll worry portal. about that later.
2: We'll worry about that yeah. later. I'm not going to be here, so I won't worry about it." So, yeah, <laughs> right. Um, along those lines, but so so Matt, that's the that's the news. That's the news of the week.
1: All right. Well, let's get to the the real meat. I know that was a, a good segment, but the real meat of this episode is the upcoming. Official visit weekend, which I think
2: officially kicks off this evening. We are recording Friday afternoon. And i just watched uh while I was well, I was going on? I just watched a Twitter video of Marcel Williams uh seeing all of the swag OU left in his uh, hotel room and all of the custom uh welcome to Oklahoma. You look like you got like a bunch of welcome to Oklahoma handwritten cards from support staff members and There's a there's a fat head of him on his bed and an (laughs) OU jersey, so it's it's on. Marcel Williams is in from California and he was he based upon his Twitter video. You can only go you know you can't read too much into that. He's pretty excited to be in Norman with all the swag they've laid out for him. All right, so yeah, they're showing up. It's a
1: a 48 hour ish event uh, for their official visits. Chris, let's just do let's just jump right in. Uh, with the weekend breakdown and maybe start, you know, how, how did this weekend turn into an offensive line weekend, speaking of Bill Beatenbo,
2: Yeah, it's, it's funny. It was it was originally going to be just um, Marquise uh, Easley and um, Weston Davis and Jason Zandamella, which would have been a great threesome to recruit. But now Eddie Pierre-Louis coming in and there's... Things are starting to get a little smoky there with with Eddie on this visit. Apparently, as suspected, uh, Lewis Carter really wants Eddie to be uh, to be a Sooner. So that that's an interesting factor to watch in this because Lewis Carter verbaled to OU without a lot of visits. I think he was there in Norman like twice for. He took an unofficial and he took an official, and that was it. He was he was by he he went to the uh, some he went to an Under Armour event in Tampa and 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 told everybody that he wasn't committing, and then he committed. Um, Fox Crater, which is just a great name, is this huge offensive tackle from Vancouver, Washington. He's 6'6", 285. He's verbal to Oregon, though. So I'm not sh- sure, but he's officially visited OU, and now he's coming back. So, But he's been to Oregon like six times, so I, I don't know what to read on that. Weston Davis is... 6'5", 275, he's a uh, Texas offensive tackle. Lots of people involved, no one really leading. Um, so, you know, Marquise Easley, who came to visit OU during the big visit weekend at the end of March. He's from Kanakee, Illinois, 6'7", 315. Uh, he looks great on the hoof. He looks very Orlando brown like when he's pulling, maybe a little more athletic, but he's, he's blowing people up. He's got a weird visit list. He wants to take visits in September and October. I, I don't know how that fits in with OU's schedule or whether he will continue to do that. And then we got Grant Bricks, one of Caleb's favorites, the 6'6", 285 tackle guard from Iowa, down to probably Nebraska, K-State, and OU. OU could be pulling ahead there. And then we got Eugene Brooks, a name I had not heard of until about a week ago. He's from the LA area, the greater LA area. He's from the same high school as Quasi Gilmer and Xavier Jordan, I think. He's from the same, same town. Um, Chatsworth, is that right? That's that's right. So I, I'm having a hard time believing that maybe Chatsworth has several different high schools that are really that have Division One football players, but I'm guessing. He's on that team. Uh, he's 6'3, 320, probably going to USC or Texas or OU. I'm not quite sure where. Those visits are all coming up. Bang, bang, bang. And, and guys, all this information is on our um, weekend preview on our website. If you're a member of 360, all of these capsules are there. You can see last time these guys went to OU, who else they're visiting, and what I think about their recruiting. So that information's all there. And then the last name is the the seventh offensive lineman is Jason Zandamella, best center in the nation, Um, top 100 player. Uh, There was a really good interview on our competitor 247 where they mentioned he's actually from Mozambique. He moved to America in 2020, and he was a rugby player in Mozambique. So... Uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm a, I haven't mentioned I'm originally from England, so I know just a little bit about rugby. i Have watched rugby my pretty much most of my youth my, in my youth living in Wales, and I'm I'm frightened by the thought of a six foot three, two hundred eighty five pound uh, guy, this physical playing rugby. Maybe he may have been moved. Someone may have moved him to America to play football to spare the rest of the Mozambique rugby team. Because I mean, him him playing rugby is is a with his speed and his agility for his size is, is a scary scary thought. You know, um, you know, you don't usually see that sort of a bigger guy unless you're talking about the Maoris, the All Blacks, the New Zealand, the New Zealand team usually would have some huge uh, um, Maori, uh, New Zealand, uh, uh, New Zealand native, uh, native person on their team. So, yeah. So, but that, but that means he's just. I mean, he loves contact. He's used to contact. And if you've ever seen a rugby scrum, you can imagine that. Being in the center of an offensive line is like no big deal for him. Um, he, he's usually just smashing people every all the time. So that's a it's a nice little uh, nugget on a uh, Jason Zandamella, who's probably leaning to FSU, but OU probably has a shot here. So, so Caleb, if you could only have if you could only have three of these guys, because we've already got Isaiah Autrian and, and then another one of our favorite sort of man crushes, Casey Poe, looks like he's going to be heading to Norman this month as well. If you could only have three of these seven guys to one of them to imagine well, just for the sake of this discussion, imagine they get Casey Poe, which three guys do you want?
3: That is a difficult question.
2: Uh, Matt be thinking the same thing. I'm going to pose it to oh, you as well.
3: Wish it was four. Cause I I'd like to see them take six.
2: When you well I think at, I think is kind of the, the the fulcrum there, right? You yeah, it's so, Zendamella, you take six.
3: That's what I and that's what I think. That's why I want to take six, is because all right, so I want, we'll put Zendamella
2: in a parking lot. All right. Okay. Well, Bricks has to
3: be a part of it. I think Bricks is yeah. one of the better players in the country. Uh, you know, and and then I mean actually it's not that hard. Uh, you have to have and I would take probably Marquis Easley, uh, you know. So is that my three? Is uh, a no, and Zendimella. Zendimella.
2: I'm putting Zendamella in the parking lot, right? Because okay, because if you can have four with Zendamella, so you got to pick three guys.
3: Oh, yeah. So it'd be bricks. Uh, I, I would be easily, and maybe Fox Crater. But I, you know, it sounds funny him being committed to Oregon. I would be concerned if Oklahoma took his commit now. Does it flip at another point? It, it's just like the. Is is the personal thing? Uh, yeah,
2: but he's yeah. It's interesting because Oregon's involved with you know a couple of other offensive linemen. They also recently fell out of the Bennett Warren stakes, and Bennett yeah. Warren will be in Norman next weekend.
3: Oh, I've gone, I'm gone insane. Eddie Pierre, Eddie Pierre, Louise. I just have not seeing him on my list.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I, I've gone, I'm gone mad not
3: having that that guy on there. What was I think on his Twitter? He he did he ran a what was it twelve,
1: or like a twelve four? Yeah. Thirty pounds. pounds.
3: He's, yeah. yeah. Anybody that just gets out there and gets after it, the way that he does, he, he's got a... Yeah, there's, there's just kind of, when you see interviews with the kid and you watch him run and do his things, just kind of a light to him. Um, I, I would imagine kids kind of
2: gravitate to him. Uh,
3: he just seems like, a you know, just full of life. So, it yeah. It looks
2: like he's about to run through a wall. He literally <laughs> looks like he's, he's running, like he's some sort of American, there's an American Gladiator um, documentary coming on Netflix. It literally looks like you know eddie pierre louise is like like power thunder or that some nickname like that that's what his oh, american what gladiator he's like literally looks yeah. like he's running through walls through some nitro like, like nitro right. or yeah, exactly he looks like he's yeah, running yeah. through walls on the track field as part that's of that's why
1: some, he like, that's why he wears the rec specs so he doesn't get any of that insulation uh, in his eyes
2: yeah it's 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 interesting all right matt so do you do you like those three, or do you have a little different different opinion?
1: Yeah, no, I think those three. You get Zandamella to play center, and you know you've you've gone over that. Obviously, most athletic center that would be in Norman's since forever. <laughs> yeah, I don't know when. Um, a bigger,
2: more athletic, more powerful Vince Carter. Yeah, yeah maybe and that, maybe. And you
1: know, that's, that that's that a,
2: gives that's that's a serious player right there. Yeah, Is so Vince that that a, gives. Vince was Um, a really good center for OU. Yeah.
1: So that's a good anchor. And then I think Eddie Pierre-Louis slot him right next to him, potential road grader in the sec. Uh, and then easily, I mean, I think he's, he's could be dominant out there. Uh, like you said, he's an Orlando Brown type body, um, just big physical holds up in the sec. So, so give me those guys. I think, um, obviously bricks is included in that. I think that's a, yeah. uh, that's a given. Uh, yeah, we, think, we all like his potential inside, outside, whatever. I mean, he's,
3: yeah, that's what I think with him. He gives you the ability. He gives you ability to play inside uh, and outside uh, play guard or tackle. And then, you know, Pierre Luis can play either guard spot and I think Zendamella could play either guard or center player play him at center and then easily i think he gives you a a really good he can play probably left
2: or right and then you've got autry already committed who could play probably he's probably a right tackle could be a left tackle though he's a big athletic guy um our lifter yeah bricks is the same thing and then you know and if you still are able to get casey i mean if you could land casey pose dan Demela, and um eddie pierre louis or grant bricks that's a that's a man-eating interior, uh, offensive line for bell to to, 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 tools for bill to build a, a monster line from, I mean, if
1: regardless of conference, regardless of, yeah, opponent. I mean,
2: really exactly. I mean, you know, cause you know, Eddie Pierre Louis is I mean, he's six three, three twenty, three thirty 3:30 right now. And he's just, he's just a big guy. It's not bad. He doesn't look sloppy or heavy. And, and then you've got the other guys are all, could could be built up in the monsters um and you know i mean grant bricks nebraska you know bama bama wanted to come visit it doesn't look like that's going to happen bama wants casey poe so you know if you're beating alabama iowa and you know michigan for guys <laughs> yeah that's that's not that's not a bad way to go and and then you got weston davis who simply might be the best athletic tackle of all this group and I don't know the where OU stands with them. Everyone thinks he's going, and it's like, insert team. It's like five different picks. You know, the the on three RPM thing usually is like heavily weighted to one team or two teams. He's got five teams with like 20 points.
3: Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah.
2: So, you know, one knows where he's going. But it's for just, but just, let alone, Bill's never had set. I mean, Eddie Pierre-Louis is a top 100 guy on rivals. Fox Crater is a top 100 guy on on three. Weston Davis is a top 100 guy on, on three. He's actually number 25 player in the nation. Marquis Easley is top 200 everywhere. Grant Bricks is top 200 with two services. And Jason Zendamella is a top 100 at 247. Eugene Brooks, again, is in the top 300. I mean, it's, everyone's like, oh, we're not signing any five-star offensive linemen. I mean, okay, how much more talent do you want Bill to bring on campus than five guys who are rated in the top 100 by at least one service? And And Weston
1: Davis is 23 overall and on three.
2: Yeah. And I, he, and I don't know that he doesn't fall in love with Bill Biedenbaum and, you know, and Bill's got a huge push from Anton Harrison and Juanye Morris being drafted Anton getting a first round pick and being a first round offensive tackle plus Creed Humphrey, basically taking baths and dollar bills from the, his next future contract from the chiefs and being the number one center in pro football, probably.
3: Yeah, that's the thing. Like, there's there's this point where we talk about it a little with defensive line, and and, and people point to, hey, Oklahoma's got to produce. You know, it's been a decade since they've really produced defensive linemen for the NFL draft. Was it Stacy McGee? Maybe the last defensive tackle. Uh, it, it's just it's not been good since. That's Brent. Like
2: fifteen years.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, since Brent left the first time, yeah. right? Like when Brent left
2: the. Well, it's jo- Jordan Phillips really is the best. That's right. That's right. But yeah. it's only him. But it's only him.
3: Yeah, and was, was Jordan did – he, did he commit when Brent was in Norman still?
2: No, I don't think does, so. No, that doesn't sound right. I think he was – I think he did. Well, did he, he might have. It was, It's close. It's close, but you're right. He's uh, – even, even with it's only Jordan Phillips, but you're right. The, the O-line pedigree, Orlando Brown getting paid yeah. by Cincinnati, and Orlando Brown is a –
3: Jordan Phillips was a 2011 – Jordan yeah, okay. Phillips committed in 2010 and was a 2011 signee. So, yeah, he the, committed to Brent Venables. Yeah. and jackie ship
2: well jackie ships the last time jackie Ship signed a meaningful defensive tackle for us yeah um Um,
3: but that's that's the thing that bill has going for him right now you know pro football focus in the last couple weeks tweeted out hey here's our here's our top rated player at each position from this past year top right tackle was lane johnson the top left tackle was trent williams the top graded center in the league was one creed humphrey you know and and of course bill only coached one of those guys but for for the University of Oklahoma to have effectively three of the top five offensive linemen in the NFL is absurd. And I think it's something they can lean back on and be, hey, you want to look for O-line U, this is it.
2: Yeah, and, and, and I think and Ben Powers Orlando, just got paid, right? He you know, did, but a, a huge check. And then, obviously, Orlando Brown got like five Brinks trucks from Cincinnati. So it's, I think you're seeing, okay, Bill's offering who he wants, right? We, we've been talking O-line recruiting so much on this pod about how we loved who Bill was offering, right? They're big kids, but they're not, they're not super giants. They will fit in with what Schmitty does, what Schmitty does well in terms of development, right? Puts good weight on, puts good weight on lean guys. That's something Bill does. That's something that Schmitty does. And, you know, now we're seeing the visits all paying off. So it's, it's a nice story that the spring story we spent so much time talking about. We're now June 9th. And there are seven takes on OU's campus this weekend. So that's enough about the O-line, Matt. So I'm now going to refer to Williams on this pod as, the, as one of the super elite unicorns. So he's the super elite unicorn. This is the player everybody in the country wants. It's probably an OU Tennessee battle. Tennessee gets him next weekend and maybe Tennessee won the the battle of who got to have him visit for the 16th. But he's in Norman. The Moses are in Norman, uh, which also is going to help greatly Isaiah's camping. So Jamar's there. So all of the OU connections, Winery nearly verbal to OU back in the spring. It's time to remind Williams all about that. And get him ready to be the one, two, five-star, hopeful five-star punch of this recruiting class. Because really, with everything else going on, if OU gets Williams, Winnery, and David Stone, everything else is gravy on the D-line. It, it really is. You need numbers. You need players. But if you can get two top 10 defensive linemen to go with P.J. Adeware last year, that, that's the D-line progress you need, to, you need to be making. It's three guys. Who have definitive first round NFL you know, potential,
1: and you think it's possible that Stone might show up at some point this weekend?
2: Well, he's at he was at his Miami visit, but they did the um, the Jersey photo stuff yesterday, and he can only be on at Miami for 48 hours. So I, you don't do the photo stuff the first day, right? Because he's coming from Oklahoma, so you never know if that flight and that travel time. That's a pretty long flight from Oklahoma City to Miami. It's not a short one. And is only probably direct, only a couple a day. So you don't plan all your whiz-bang stuff on his flying day, do you? Because you never know what will go on with travel. So he probably flew in Wednesday, which means the clock started, which means his Miami official visit is probably ending sometime around now. And he can fly back to Oklahoma and he could be in Norman's Saturday afternoon if he wanted to be.
1: Which with so, Noary on campus, that's obviously what the well, coaches we need, are probably pushing for. Yeah,
2: we need David and, and Noary to just have a quick talk and decide, you got the outside, I got the inside. Like, you know, like the remembering, remember the Titans, you know, I'm Mr. Outside, you're Mr. Inside and, you know, just and just uh, decide they're going to take care of that and, and, uh, and, and be Sooners. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a huge visit. He's, he's the number two player in the nation in the nation for crying out loud. He's, he's the number one D lineman in the nation. I mean, if you could land him next to Adeware and PJ, I think PJ was like two when everything ended last year on one, sur- at, le- at least on one service, I think. So if you could have those two guys and then David Stone is, is, is top 10, everywhere except on three screwing around with his rankings taking him from like 15 to 64 back to 17 and i don't know quite and there's, do do? and there's
3: still a Koye out there that will be deciding still, later
2: and there's still a Koye deciding later and you still have jja on campus you still have nigel smith um oh he's made a huge run with christopher jackson the name i couldn't pull last week on the pod the the defensive end outside pass rusher from Tucker, Georgia. If you haven't watched his film, watch his film. He literally, he, he murders a quarterback in his second highlight. I'm like worried for the guy, worried for the guy. So you've got him possibly being on campus next weekend or talk, talk about how much he loved OU and how they're a factor. Um, you've got Zena, you got Zu Umazulu visiting next weekend as well. He's somewhat in play. And then
3: Wyatt Gilmore.
2: Wyatt Gilmore, and then you got Jay Sean Ross also flying around. So Yeah.
3: And Brad is here this weekend, right? Caleb Red.
2: And Caleb bread we'll get get to Caleb Brad in a sec, but you know, you've got your unic, you've got the Super Elite Unicorn. Um, if you can close or come close to closing Nunwary this weekend, it, it would be huge for OU. I mean, and then in fantasy lands, you know, if an an's going be pots and pans, Williams Bonares, you know, closes everything down and never visits Tennessee and and Caleb and I are, you know, smoking cigars or drinking champagne on next week's pod. Um, But yeah, it's, I mean, I mean, Matt, it's just, it's hard to quantify how important Stone and Weneary are. I talked about, they suck all the room, all the energy out of recruiting. And the OU fan base is on, will be on suicide watch when their decisions finally come down. Because if you can land these two guys, then you have three guys that, you can go into SEC play for 24 or 25 and who are as good as anybody Georgia or Alabama has.
1: And that helps you with Nigel Smith. It helps you with you yeah. know some of those guys who are kind of they're there, but you need to push them across the finish line. And with Nawarney, and if you can get Stone on board here in the next couple of weeks, that
2: you know, builds and maybe, and maybe plenty F- of J- momentum. If JJA's visiting them and and they're they're getting to be buds and he's like well i don't want to be at OU by myself like not gonna be at OU by yourself and nigel smith's gonna commit in september he's told everybody that he told us that in that great interview we did with him that's also on youtube uh plug there a really great interview nigel's a great kid really good kid hope he's successful wherever he goes but nigel's gonna you know nigel and, and nigel's only six five two sixty five i mean he's i mean he's you know OU fans have kind of forgotten about him he's 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 not some, you know, you know, he's not some, you know, he's not like some three-star guy who's six two, two fifty-five, and we're hoping he could he can be a guy. He's I mean, he's very close to what Derek LeBlanc could be. I mean, in terms of, you know, we're getting word that Derek Blanc is now six five, two ninety. I mean, we're just, you know, working out, hoping to have a good summer. So, you know, and we'll get we'll talk about Nigel, Nigel last week, but this is where Noery is. That's why he's so important. This is why everybody wants him. This is why getting him onto campus and getting him signed is going to be a super challenge. So, Here, here's it. a question
3: for you, Chris, on the wary because it does, you know, he's, I think it's good Oklahoma's getting him in this weekend. And I know last year there was a lot of kids that lined up these visits and said, Hey, there's four weekends in June, I'm going to visit, or five weekends, whatever it was, yeah. you know, last year, how the calendar fell. He
2: just visited Georgia and he didn't, he see just to visited Georgia.
3: A, not much He'll of a dent he'll be
2: at Oklahoma and
3: he'll follow it up with Tennessee and then he'll follow that up that last weekend with Missouri. Yeah. And you know, last year there was a word coming out. Some of those kids, they thought it was a great idea and they got into like visit three and they were like, man, this is not like anybody that's traveled a lot for business. It's not, you know, when you're young and you think, Hey, it's be fun jet setting and going across the globe. It is for about this, this long, you know, it, yeah. it's not, it's, it, it becomes tiresome. Uh, so I'll be interested to see how that unfolds. In the other part, I'm I'm curious, do you think it's possible he Oklahoma because of the Mosey relationship and you know a lot of his ex teammates now on staff and various roles in and Norman?
2: He, he's camped at OU last year. This is a long term relationship he has with the OU staff.
3: Yeah. Do you think it's possible they could get him back in for the July event? And the reason I ask, he yes. still has the yes. yeah. I don't know if it will happen. That Oregon
2: visit, that Oregon visit's out there in September, late September, which would tell you sure. he's
3: probably not going to decide until October, which seems like not yeah. the best idea.
2: I don't think I, I don't I don't. We'll see. He's one of those guys where you know I could see him sitting down, visiting OU and deciding, all right. I had a I, I like Tennessee, but OU's where these are the relationships. These are the people I trust, and his parents also saying these are the people that we we trust to take care of our kid. And NIL money plays a big role in all of this. But at some point, you know, parents still, still play a big role, either positively or negatively. And so I, I wouldn't shock me if Noweri did not never made that Oregon visit and he makes a decision this summer and just wants to focus on his senior year, wants to graduate early and just, and just you know, this is the summer. To make, you know, his parents say, come on, why are we, why are we heading out to Oregon? You, you know, we're not letting you go out to Oregon anyway. You're not going that far. We're not letting you go that far anyway. So why are we wasting our time doing this in the middle of your football season and your academic season, right? Your, yeah. I mean, kids who actually care, you know, kids who enroll early, I've got to care about academics. You know, I the Danny Okoye interview I had, uh, you could tell academics was a big focus for him. So, cause he's going to, he's going to graduate early. So I, it's, I think that's where it all fits and it's, it's going to be crazy, but you know, in June with, I think when but it's, it's it's a 50 split. I know that Steve Wiltfong thinks Tennessee's ahead, but Winnery's not been to OU for a while, so Tennessee's fresh. OU gets their big refresher, and and I'm hoping they put put some distance put some distance out there, and and hopefully when decides to make an early decision, maybe like early August, come back for the party at the Palace maybe, uh, and do that. So so that's so. Todd Bates and Chavis, other than Kayla Brad, could spend all their time with Winery. So can Brent, other than a uh, guy we're we'll going to get to in a minute. But Jay Valli is going to be a little busy. So um, Jay Javali's got three big cornerbacks. Well, two big cornerbacks coming in, and then a, a name OU fans are going to be very familiar with. So first it's Kobe Black, the five-star cornerback from uh, – from Waco, I thought he was maybe trending more towards an early decision. He's now talking about like seven visits and like seven schools in play. So I don't have any read of what's going on here. Uh, well, I, it's it, maybe, but maybe not. We'll have to just see. Texas really thought they had him locked down. But it's like this Bama visits and LSU visits and Oregon visits. So we'll see what OU can do here. OU's got some connections here. And Jay Valai does a good job building personal relationships with cornerbacks. So, And he's been recruiting Kobe for years. So, then interesting, like we just mentioned, Marcel Williams is on campus. We know he's visiting. He's from L.A. His brother, Max Williams, was a DB several years ago and plays for USC. He's from USC, um, former pipeline, St. John Bosco. He's a big cornerback. He looks great on film. He's one-on-one. They isolate him and he just shuts folks down. Probably USC OU battles straight up and can OU convince him to do something different than his brother. Interestingly enough, the third player is a, is Eli Bowen, who is Peyton Bowen's younger brother. And lots of schools are trying to tell him that he needs to do something different, break away from his brother and go somewhere else. And OU is like, you know, we want you to be a Sooner. Um, so it's it's interesting. I'm shocked he's not verbaled earlier. I wouldn't sh- if this if he if he doesn't hold something soon after this OU official visit, wouldn't shock me if he actually does decide to go somewhere else. But of course, if I was a school, I'm not sure I would trust that that commit, right? know um, yeah, being Peyton's younger brother. so yeah, Valai um,
1: needs uh two two different magic potions this weekend.
2: yes, don't One- don't follow your brother. Yeah. Hey, and- hey, follow, follow your brother. Don't, 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 don't listen to what I'm telling Marcellus. Uh, just listen to what I'm telling you. So yeah, it's, it's interesting. And, and I think, you know, we've gone back and forth on our message boards with some arguments about the DB class, how bad or good it looks. I would like a big cornerback and I'd like a big safety in this group. You can get a big cornerback this weekend. And then uh, we have one wide receiver Zion Reagans. He's small but he is fast, fast, fast. He may sub be...
1: Sub 4-3 rumored.
2: Yeah, sub, like... And on, and he is fast on film. Like, everyone's like, well, he's got K.J. Daniels, and I love K.J. Daniels on film, but he is not Zion Reagan's fast. Zion has, like, a whole other Hollywood brown, you know, uh, Tyreek Hill kind of gear. And Georgia has... Our sources are saying Georgia's, like... Not sure if they want him. They're big game wide receiver hunting with Jeremiah Smith and a couple other five-star wide receivers. Now that they have Dylan Raiola. And I think, to,
1: I think they have a smaller
2: athlete type already. Do they? Okay. But he would, Reagan's is like, he's 5'9, 160, 165. I mean, he's small, but the kid, if you want to take the top off the defense, line up someone next to Zion Kearney and make things really difficult for a for a defensive coordinator, Zion will stretch the field anytime you get him the ball. So he could be an interesting, that could be an interesting play. If OU he doesn't have any other official visits set up right now, OU could, you know, make a great pitch and he could shut it down, be OU's third wide receiver, and legitimately let OU say, All right, well, let's let's kick the can with Wesco for a couple of months and see where we are. So finally we have. The man crush, Braden Platt, Caleb's man crush. I think the best middle linebacker we watched on tape all this spring. Um, he's a yeah. great athlete. Uh, Oregon is obviously the biggest competition. Braden, I mean, with Sammy Brown going to Clemson and not really visiting, I think Braden Platt's emphasis and value to the OU class has shot up.
3: The thing that's interesting about the Oregon, and he could. Can- Definitely end up there. There's one thing you can't put past that Oregon staff, and that's doing whatever it takes to land a kid. Uh, particularly with with Tosh McCoy. Uh, well, I mean, I mean let's like he got a show clause for a reason. Like he legitimately was told by the NCAA and the in the Pac twelve, hey, you can't coach here for three or four years. Like you're such a scummy piece of shit. Like you can't be around for three or four years when so you left.
2: Alleged no Spun no me. no that, that
3: that wasn't like that's like that's that's actually yeah. that's verified uh <laughs> so he went to the nfl uh, he yeah i mean in he's back right in college yeah. football
1: i think he uh, spent a little time uh, in tuscaloosa Bama, too
3: he did trying to go through Flying the line under wash. the radar a little bit well going through that car wash trying to fix the career right like everyone does that you've got in trouble or got fired you maybe circle back and try to get saban's approval uh the thing that's interesting there about Platt, he's not a kid that's from the north northwest. His dad's in the military station, a base right near there. So he didn't grow up there. And then, you know, track is a really big deal. He is. We talked about this last pod. He's one of the top he's one of the top throwers. He, you know, it's so it's javelin and shot put. Shot put being his I think best event. Uh one of the top in the nation, particularly for, you know, all of high school this year, but, you know, as a junior he was among the top. Looking at tra- you know it, Oregon is a great track program. They're not known for throwing events. Uh, they don't have any kid in the top 100 in shot put right now. Don't know if it matters. Oklahoma's got two, the number 13 Oh, uh,
2: track use track profiles much better than it was. I mean,
3: well, it's, it, it's definitely better in the, in shot put in the throwing events than what Oregon's is right now. Don't know if that'll have an impact. He's interesting because he's took UCLA the 5th of May. He'll be at Oklahoma this weekend. He'll be at Oregon next weekend. And that's the only three visits he's got in. He's going to be doing some other camps and he's openly said, you know, he wants to have a decision made before the end of the summer. And it looks like, you know, I know he has said, I could potentially go somewhere else and take another visit somewhere else. If I, if it doesn't feel right, but uh, yeah, he's, he's one to, you know, potentially be uh, he's got to be high on the list of both need and, and maybe a potential uh, to make some headway for, for Oklahoma.
2: Because Brent can spend as much as he, as much time as he can afford, to be with him. There's no other linebackers he has to spend time with. Um, obviously he's going to be spending, he's going to be spending a lot of time with all the recruits, but you know, Ted roof, Skansky, Lance Mitchell, Rufus, Curtis, they can all yeah. pretty much say, Hey, this is the linebacker lineage. Son, you, you, you could just be next in line. You can, you can, you know, more than a cup of coffee in the NFL, all American, all American, you know, all American player. You know, that's, that's what you're looking at, being the Mike, the Mike linebacker for this defense. And he certainly would be, he'd add fantastic depth at Mike for OU. The, 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 the poor guy who's at the last of this list is, is Caleb Redd. He's, he's a three-star. He's, he's buried behind, you know, five stars, five stars, top 100, top 100. And he's really good. He's from St. Louis, dispatch where OU's had success in the past. Uh, he's 6'4, 215. That's what he's listed at. He's got really good film. He's really active. I just don't know with Danny Okoye and, and Jay Sean Ross and Uma Zula and, um, Jackson, Jackson from Georgia and, you know, and again, um, uh, whether where he fits in the scheme, whether he, whether he's, but he's a really good, he's a really good athlete. He's, he's going to end up playing power five football somewhere. that's, that's, that's my belief. Um, we'll just see where, where he fits and where, where he is this weekend. So that's the, that's the, the list of players. Now, there's, there's something out there. I can't – again, we don't. I have no info on this, but other sites are listing Caleb Beasley. Other sites aren't. I don't know what's going on. He's not listed on our player uh, capsules on our site because it seemed unsure. So maybe he shows up and there's some – and we're waiting for the social media evidence to prove that. And maybe OU and Caleb are just going in different directions, and he's going to stick with uh, the Tennessee commit. So that's uh, that's the long, big weekend. Do you guys have any questions about any player or or anyone or anything about anything else that someone I didn't hit on?
1: Well, I'm wondering maybe this is a question for Caleb. You know, scheme wise, is it is it important that Velay lands one of these guys out of Kobe, Marcellus Williams? Chris, I don't even know who else we're really in on that's a well, top 50 type
2: guy at corner. Nobody. I mean, Devon Jordan, <laughs> Devon Jordan is is the other big cornerback.
1: And he's yeah. gonna be a fast riser. I mean, we believe that. Yeah, we
2: yeah, we that's I mean, yes, Alabama's I think he's gonna offered, be, ran Yeah, great his, track his, times this spring. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, he's it's but to your point, you know, if you know Newcomb, I think is underrated at the t- in the top two hundreds. Um, oh you still recruiting Michael Patterson McDonald and Eli Bowen? You know, so it's it's kind of a group of guys around 5'11 or shorter. So yeah, you'd love to have a 6'1, 6'2 cornerback. And again, I'm gonna say again, I want a big safety with some length. But so yeah, so there's those are, those are the names. Yeah, this is a big weekend for Jay Vilay. Next weekend is not gonna be as big for him. He the it's gonna be a bigger safety weekend. Um you know, I think Devin Jordan is probably coming in, so that would be his biggest guy. So, yeah, this is a weekend, you know, and and really OU needs to figure, and OU and Eli Bowen need to figure out what they're doing because it's it's as 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 uh, Caleb said, it's getting a nut crunching time. If OU somehow made a massive move with both Kobe Black and Marcellus Williams, like hey, we could get both of these guys. Yeah, hey Eli, it's time to it's 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 time to decide if you're going to follow your brother or not because with Devin Jordan, we have three guys for, for, for three spots. And that would be no, no musical chair for you.
3: Yeah. I I think a lot of that does come down to where probably Oklahoma feels they are with Devin Jordan. Uh, You know, it's hard to tell sometimes with some of these kids that have gotten Newcomb committed. I think he's a really good player. Uh, In some ways, I think Marcellus, Marcellus Williams and Newcomb are a little bit alike. I really like, I, I think, I really like Marcellius Williams. I, I think guys with his pedigree, his background, his skill set—they just really excel in Brent Venables' defenses. Guys that have come from really good programs, been coached at a really high level, been around the game as much as he has, and have that kind of football IQ. And I don't mean to say he's not like a fantastically good athlete with good size. Because I you know he's listed at 5'11", 180. He plays bigger. He plays like he's six foot, six foot one, uh, and does everything really well. I mean, he does all the little things particularly really well. Uh, I think he'd be a great fit. The thing with Kobe Black, uh, and I applaud him for this. I hope kids like when Nowery and, and others don't figure this out. But there's a trend of if you are a five-star defender, particularly the longer you run your recruitment out into October, November, December, The greater your asking price can be (laughs) from an NIL standpoint. Like you know, you just see that as the season gets going, and some coaches and some staffs are struggling here and struggling there.
2: And and Texas, Uh, Texas is Texas is not off to a great start in recruiting.
3: Okay, I didn't. I haven't paid. I haven't paid. I mean, they've got they've got some good guys coming
2: in, but they they they're a little bit like OU. They're in neutral right now and hoping to to move things in gear. But they're I think. but they're second place. They're not, they're not in the JJA sweepstakes. Yeah. They're probably I mean, not after the, is it Justin Williams, the linebacker from Conroe?
3: He's, he's been, he's got a, 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 crystal ball or whatever, all of these different sites, they all call it something different. Who cares yeah. what they call it, but a prediction to land at uh, Georgia. I think yeah. he took his visit with JJA, his high school teammate. Yeah. And he's scheduled to think to go back. He's, he's, George is growing some momentum there. Man, Texas
1: uh, has they have one athlete committed that's in the top 100. They have a quarterback who's a three-star number 27 in his position, uh Trey Owens who I don't think made Elite 11.
2: No, uh, he didn't. and
1: a punter.
3: Yeah, but you know, you I mean that's <laughs> I'm sure the I
1: mean they don't even they
2: don't kids, have Zion Kearney or Jay Jaden Hardy or no. Westco, I mean they or West or they did they, they're West not in the West Coast sweepstakes. No. They're not yeah. probably not getting Micah Hudson. Draylon no. Miller. So, so the the receivers for Arch for Arch Manning aren't showing up in this class.
3: That's surprising. Uh oh. I just assume they were doing better. Uh, no,
2: so so but... KB Kobe, Kobe Black, other they might get Jarek uh, Gibson, the big time running back from Florida, or they might not. Yeah, I've they seen... thought they were leading with him. They may not be leading. So Kobe black is like the best player in Texas who Texas probably has the best chance to land. So you're right. If, if Texas doesn't start recruiting, doesn't start to, you know, rally and get better by October, UT alums will, could be freaking out if they, you know, we're not going to get a five-star player this year. I,
3: I think two good examples are kids that Oklahoma was involved in last year. Right. And, and one being Mark Hicks, Uh, the the katie defensive tackle and then bowen and you know georgia if you're still alive late they'll do some interesting things again you know uh just call it as it is you know i mean there were lots of rumors that oregon came in and offered you know peyton a ton of money to uh to come in and and be his you know uh to to be a part of their class. And then with Hicks, you know, I think there's probably a really good case to be made. If Texas A&M has a great season, as a good season and they're going along and they don't need that momentum in recruiting, you know, there were a lot of rumors going around that, you know, some boosters and some folks in power decided like, gosh, you know, we've got to do something to stem the tide, get it, you know, to change the narrative around the program right now, we'll spend whatever it takes. We'll give whatever job it takes to give to a a parent, you know, to get, to get Hicks in this class uh so you know i think black the longer he runs that out the more uh, you know i'm sure you know texas being a good example of if they dropped oklahoma and they dropped uh alabama and they're set in mid they've got three losses and they're four and three you know or you know uh whatever yeah, oklahoma state seems to have their number maybe they uh you know <laughs> maybe somebody's willing to throw a little bit at him
2: yeah i mean it's I'm just saying that, you know, they're, 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 they, I initially thought like, okay, he's going to Texas. Everyone thinks he's going to Texas and then he's got these seven visits planned. I'm like, okay. And, and like I said, he's the, he's the, he's, he's Texas's super elite unicorn right now. He's the guy they need because they're not going to get a five-star wide receiver. Probably. Yeah. Cause um, where'd you
1: say Hudson was leaning to
2: everyone says he's leading to Texas tech. Yeah. Uh, Micah Hudson. Yeah,
3: <laughs> that was my reply <laughs> internally. Whatever I saw, I saw, whatever website it is, has like him trending there, and I thought I said the exact same thing. I was like, five star receiver? What? Like you're gonna go to the that
2: Big Twelve and today's day and age? And, you know, and Joey Maguire is Joey Maguire. So yeah, Ohio- you know,
3: until Ohio State comes in at the end, it's like, hey, we need a wide
2: receiver. Well, that, or, this is Ohio State's got three guys already. So yeah. um, USC. I, I pulled Yeah, up. it could be, it could be, but I, it's, it's crazy. Texas is, doesn't look, Texas, if they don't get Jarrett Gibson, who may not may be a five-star anyway, you know, I mean, Weston Davis might be their best bet. And Weston Davis right now, he could go anywhere. I don't yeah. know where he's going. And so I, I just pulled up the state of
1: Texas composite recruits. Yeah. Man, if they don't get Kobe Black. They might get shut out of the top 10, top 20 that's amazing that that guy that's committed now hunter madden or Madden is 17 yeah
3: yes if I mean, you still
1: a- top 100 guy but if that's the only guy in the top 20 that looks like i mean you've got an lsu commit you've got an ohio state commit you've got kearney you've got uh a guy corian gibson is is yeah 100% that- to clemson uh wesco clemson phil Same, florida dj lagway florida Taylor Tatum, OU, Michigan. Not uh, Texas. Not Texas. Texas. Justin Williams. He's at 100 percent to uh, Oregon, but you know, he had a Georgia visit. Colin Simmons, we think's going to LSU.
2: Yeah, they they may get Colin. They may get Colin Simmons now that I think about it.
1: But I don't know, man. That's uh, not to turn this into Texas bashing.
2: Yeah, but I'm not bashing Texas. I mean it's just it's it's tough. It's eye opening. well, I mean, look at all the schools that are battling you for top. I mean, you know, we're talking about Georgia taking two of the top defenders from Texas. It's like, what are you doing? You you're in the state of flipping Georgia.
3: You, you say <laughs> that. You say that. Go look at the top ten in Georgia, and you'll see Georgia's getting shut out of the top, their own top ten inside their state.
2: Well, taking, I'm like, and then again, you know, they're going to Missouri for a tight end. I'm like, they're like four hulking great tight ends in Georgia you could get. Yeah. So it's 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 interesting you know just the recruiting patterns and Georgia's going more national which is interesting but you're like yeah. okay shouldn't you be shouldn't you be parked in in Gwinnett and Cobb and and uh, and and in, down south shouldn't you be shouldn't you be locking everybody up so yeah it's 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 bizarre it's it's interesting so you know it you know Texas is in a tough position you know they don't have a lot of momentum um Right now, maybe they'll pick up something like oh, OU will, but that's not usually been Texas's mo. So it's it's uh, the the Ar- Ar- arch Manning effect isn't really carrying over at all, and that's because Arch didn't. You know, none of these kids know who Arch is because he never went to any camps or All Star games or events or seven on seven tournaments. So none of the wide and receivers they,
1: and are- they know he's not any good.
2: Well, I don't know that he's not. But <laughs> I mean, who knows if he's going to be any good? I mean, we you know we we have our opinions there. You know, let's just see I, how it. I how hate to say, but I'm
3: about to say to all Oklahoma fans, I do think Steve Sarkeesian is a really good offensive coordinator in college. I think the you know it's it's difficult to look at his resume and say he's he was a good one in the NFL. You see if you look at the Falcons, he took over. They oh, went from awful. they went from the first. You know, under Shanahan, top offense in the, in, in, in the league to, I think, 31st out of 32, right? It just completely fell off, and he got fired for a reason. But, yeah, when it comes to college, he does at least – he reminds me a little bit, honestly, of Lincoln Riley in that when you give him a week to game plan and those first 20 plays that he's going to script and those scripted plays, he'll, he'll he's potentially going to light you on fire. Uh, with those scripted plays yeah uh you know and it's been a few times that 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 has not happened and yeah. he's a little bit like lincoln too where you look at his time at texas and they've really struggled in the second half get leads on folks and then just kind of fall apart and and and, and things don't go uh go their way for a variety of reasons right but uh yeah I, i'm surprised texas is struggling that way but uh you know maybe i shouldn't be
2: yeah so um, so that's that's the list of the guys uh, from this weekend, Matt. So I think it's time for us to, to do our usual Monty Hall game show ending. And it's got to be related to this weekend. We've talked about it. We've talked about it for the last hour about all these guys. So we're going to play over under verbal bingo. So, all right. So, Caleb, you're going to go first this week because we let Matt go first last week. I'll obviously always go last because I'm the recruiting guy. So it needs to be more difficult for me. So over under verbals from this weekend just from players who visit. How many players have verbal to Oklahoma Caleb by 615? By
3: 615,
2: I will say 2. All right. Matt, are you are you at 2-2 two, two, or you want to choose a different number? I think I'm going to go with 1. I think
1: you're just betting on one of these guys getting caught up in the moment, right? Yep,
3: that was my bet. My bet is, you know, my logic being, I I can't find anywhere that Grant Bricks has officially said he has another official visit lined up after this one. I just can't find that. Well, according to
2: three K State's coming up. Okay, oh my and Nebraska gosh. and Nebraska, but I don't I know mean, the actually actual I could
3: see him those. going to Nebraska, but like a kid of his caliber going to Kansas State would be like unbelievably shocking. But yeah, uh, Hudson
1: going to Texas Tech.
3: <laughs> yeah, I don't think that'll happen. I think it's a lot like when Texas Tech, when McGuire first got hired in the first three or four months. They, you know, everybody talked about how's Texas Tech have the number one class in the in the country. And it's like, well, it's because it's 14 months from the February signing point. And I don't even know if they may have finished with a top 25 class. I think it's kids to get caught up and in, in that. But Bricks, I don't know that there's, I haven't seen one. Uh, but, but you say there is, I'm just going to assume. And then I know Zion Reagan's has, I think one lined up for Georgia next weekend, but if there's some, I'm just going to say, you know, if there's some unsuredness there, like they're not sure if that's going to happen or where they feel about, maybe he gets caught up in it and Oklahoma takes that.
1: You know, he was the one I was thinking would be the one, honestly. Yeah.
3: Yeah. You know, if it's, if, if things aren't sure where he, he, he sets with, with Georgia, you know, uh, and you know, it's just a value thing when you're a five foot nine, uh, 160 pound receiver, uh, you know, schools aren't your elite programs aren't going to take four receivers of Not that size. stature, that size, you know. So while you might have offers to every great school in the country, you know, to, to Chris's point, well, if Georgia's already got that that guy they, in that class or Alabama's already got that guy in that class, you know, you're where you, you can gotta, actually go gets Limited. you got
1: to lock your spot right absolutely chris All does right. does epl have visits lined up after this
2: not that i can see
1: no nope. yeah, can, was... I, can i change the two
2: <laughs> yep i'm wondering he... if if a guy like that says well maybe know. lewis carter says dude you're verbal in oklahoma yeah yes he, yes, yes i mean if lewis carter told me that i would say yes sir
3: well, he went to Central Florida last weekend for an official visit. And yep. so I, I think it's a possibility that, uh, yeah, you well, know, yeah, if he, if he so gets the distance, there and, the and he decides, thing. like, hey, I'm okay with this.
2: It's the distance thing, right? Is he there with his family? And all of a sudden, is he like, yeah, this is my dream school. This is where I want to go. And his parents are like, okay, we're we're comfortable with that based upon the people around you and the people who are going to take care of you. Because they have a lot of connections with Tampa Catholic. Yep. They got a lot of cachet there.
3: And it goes back to kind of what I said earlier. And let's, you know, if anybody thinks is, I kind of crap on other programs and not saying, hey, Oklahoma does – play the game as well. Just like we talked about with J.J.A. where his parents and say, hey – Ten years ago, it would have been difficult for us to fly to Georgia every weekend. Now with NIL, it's not. It can really could be the exact same. It's a reverse for, situation. Yeah, right? for, yeah, for, yeah. For Eddie, where his you know he gets to Norman and Brent says, "Hey, with our NIL program, you guys coming into every game we've got is not going to be an issue. We'll get you there." And his parents saying, "Okay, I want my I want my son in this type of environment. Well, and and, and I get to see him every weekend."
2: And the Tampa Catholic coaches are like, "We trust. We trust Coach Venables." To, to, to take care of our players
1: we've got like eight offers at tampa catholic at this point it Seems yeah like. exactly
2: <laughs> so you know something along those lines so all right so, so can, can i copy yeah yes. i can copy yes yes, yes you okay. completely can um so so you gotta get to, so i'm gonna riverside you guys and go uh one verbal
1: yeah but, that's where i was leaning originally but, but, I, but I think I it's think... gonna
2: but i think regardless of whatever else happens it's gonna be an offensive lineman there's no way Bill has seven guys get on campus. One of them doesn't just realize that he's, 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 uh, he's his spirit. He's a Bill Biedenbau spirit spirit animal. And he's gonna, he's gonna he wants to maul and kill and and Bill is the guy to 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 frame him into that uh into that guy. All right. So a little easier. This is a little e- this is more, this is difficult, but perhaps a little more room for you. So by 7.15, how many kids do you think of verbal
3: From this class. I'm sorry, this oh, weekend.
2: This weekend only. By 7.15. Four. All right. Caleb, is that four? Matt, where, where are you at? I'm going to go with five. Five. Whoa, okay. All right, so I'm going to go from one to three.
1: Yeah. I'm a little more hopeful that some of these guys are going to well, just call it. Chris, you brought right. up
3: a point about, you know, and the kind of touch on we talked about, like with Reagan's, where, hey, you know, each school's not, you know, schools aren't going to take three kids that are five, five nine, 160 pound receivers. I think where Oklahoma could end up within that three range or more is when you look at, Chris, you touched on it, the amount of offensive linemen they're bringing in. You know, like if you're, if you're, I mean, Marquis easily, he's going to take all his visits here in June. He's going, I think, Tennessee and Alabama and, and, and some others, right? But Same he wants thing. to
2: take visits in the fall. I think that plan might change if the I think he's going to fall in love with the place. Yeah. Say, I, well, I might, you know, Bill's going to say, I got one left tackle spot left.
3: Yeah. And, and that's where I say, like, you know, I have not followed Tennessee or Alabama's recruiting extremely closely. I can't imagine it's that far off from where Oklahoma is at, meaning that, you know, hey, if we're taking three tackles, into your Oklahoma and let's say Brinks, Bricks is a swing guy and you land Bricks and you've got Autry and then you've got Caden Massey comes in next weekend and Caden Massey wants to commit, you know, you could easily know like, hey. And Bennett Warren. And Bennett Warren. Like, look, you know, I, that's where I think you could see, uh, you know, uh, a Bricks or He's a musical, the
2: Musical chairs all of a sudden like, yeah, I want to be with Bill. I'm not, yeah. not letting lettin the guys next week take my spot.
3: Yeah. And my assumption would be knowing this staff, that they're going to be open and honest with kids. Like, Hey, here, we want you there's there's, you know, here's how many guys we're taking and they're all coming in these next couple of weeks. So take your time and think about your decision, but just know that, you know, if you're Marquise easily and, you know, we get a phone call from these three guys and you call us the day, the day after that, we can't take you.
2: You you call us middle of August and I'm going to be there. Yeah. Let alone the middle of October. All right. So I'm going to say, I said three, right. Yeah, one to three. One yeah. to three. All right. nine fifteen. Caleb? Let's go. Hold on. Give me uh, five. Same number, huh?
1: No, I, I was five earlier. Oh, sorry.
2: You went up one. You got went up one, right?
1: I was giving Jay Valai a little, a little bone with that one, thinking All he right. could maybe get one of these guys. I think I'll, I'll just go with six. I'll add one to my five. Just seems like some of these guys are just like Platt, Riggins, one of the cornerbacks. Yeah, I would like to change.
3: I would like to change the six. I missed the guy that was highlighted on this. It's it wasn't in caps, but yeah, I think somewhere around six.
1: And then maybe you surprise Zandamella. Distance could be a factor, but he comes family atmosphere. I think he's a family type guy. I mean,
3: distance ain't been a factor thus far. Kid came from from where? Was it
2: Mozambique? (laughs) Mozambique. Yeah, came from Mozambique. I mean, but you know, but I mean, again you know, uh, uh, presuming he moved with his family. I don't know his circumstances, but, you know, that's, that's a, you know, that's a different, that's a different, so, you know, it's a different dynamic in what they're looking for. Right. Yeah. So I don't know, I just you, think you can
1: trust Jay Vali to knock, lock one of these guys down
2: after last year, you,
1: you, you're trusting Jay, huh? Yeah. Reagan's, I mean, I think at this point, it went away and now the momentum is coming right back again. And usually that's a pretty good, you know, my spidey senses are going off on that one.
2: All right. Uh, Platt, All right. Perfect. OU fit. Right. Yep. So perfect. I'm going to go from three to six. And since I'm the recruiting guy, it should be harder for me. Right. I'm the, I got the big title. Well, I don't know. It's a big title. I got the title. Um, so lead I'm recruiting a, analyst, lead, Mif-wick. lead, lead. I'm Mif- I'm head number Mif-wick. one. I'm the big kahuna, the big cheese.
3: It's called the myth
2: <laughs> You know, like, like, like airplane uh, at the very end, you know, a, Mr. A number one, or, or, uh, you know, I might have to have Matt, you know, uh, you guys ever, you guys seen escape from New York, the original Kirk Russell. I love Kirk Russell. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, might have to do the whole, I'm the king of New York. I'm Mr. A number one. Have Matt? We could do that for me one time. Um, uh,
1: I'm, a, I'm a little too young for that one. I don't have really you know.
2: not seen? You've not seen Escape from New York? <laughs> nope. All right. We would. We, we if we ever hit like Doldrums, we may have. It's to actually.
3: Hit. It's actually realistically. You know. It I, is I, New I, York. It's right. Historically, like you know, you read about like how that got shot, and it was hey, crime was unbelievably bad. That
2: and RoboCop are so are so are yeah. so biting. So yeah, you well, gotta like watch sh- Terminator snake plissken is such a great character but we may have to do movie review time for you if we get really in the doldrums or, or or okay everybody did not pick OU that we thought so this isn't a recruiting pod it's matt what did you think of escape from new york <laughs>
1: or we have 26 commits by august <laughs>
2: and we're, every like september october like okay faith wi- williams winery verbal to OU in terms of a james bond movie who is he <laughs> he is he is golden he is goldfinger um Something along those lines, you know. David Stone. David Stone is Thunderball. So, um, you know, so, <laughs> so, uh, you know. So, so, I'm going to tell you who I got. So, I got. I think Eddie Pierre Louis somehow ends up in Norman. Don't ask me why. He doesn't have like a lot of Power 5 visits. Oh, he's the best school. Really going after him. They already have Lewis Carter on campus, and he just. I mean, Bill just could turn him into just a destroying machine. Grant Bricks, same thing. Offensive lineman, he fits in with Bill. He's, he's from Iowa. He's not going to Iowa, but he just, he just I mean, he's 6'6", 3'10", 10 pounds, right tackle, right guard, destroying people for Bill. Then I think OU wins Williams-Wanary. I think they win Marcel Marcellus-Williams. Uh, I think somehow just that works at OU's favor. I don't think they get Eli Bowen. I, I just, there's something odd about that. I think they get Zion Reagans and they get Braden Platt. And if they get those six guys out of the 13 players visiting, that is one damn good weekend for OU fans by, by uh, the middle of uh, September. Yeah. Panic over, right? All right. (laughs) You've got your elite defensive line. You've got two crushing offensive linemen. You've got a Hercules looking guy at middle linebacker. He can throw the javelin. He probably can wrestle lions. Um,
3: he, he, I think he was like third in the state in wrestling as a sophomore. And didn't exactly wrestle. He's, wrestle. he's like
2: he's like Hercules. He's like a he's like a blonde Nordic uh, looking Hercules guy because uh, he's got kind of the big blonde curly hair, right? No, not he? Oh, that's a uh, brown with this. Uh, I thought Sammy that. I thought, thought Platt was. No, you're right. Brown. Sorry, wrong one. All right, but Braden and Platt is like Hercules, and then you've got you know a wide receiver sub for three possibly. Okay, sign me up. I don't care how big he is. Yeah. I'll, you take know, him. And that's, I'll take him. So you've got two backbones of your future, three backbones of your future defense at offense. Uh, you rush at a quarterback, stopping the run and covering receivers. And then you got a two, two offensive line pieces, three offensive line pieces of Autry. You're in a great shape moving forward. So yeah. I mean, if that's the six they get, you know, yeah. I mean, that would be a great that would be a great finish that's 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 only 50 percent hitting 50 percent this weekend so they've been doing they would did a little better than that in june last year but um you know with 24 kids coming next weekend yeah it's a big one uh, next one's gonna be gonna be really big so but that's where we are that's where we'll be back
1: we'll be back next week to talk about the next weekend a lot of names to go over there smaller list this week but important names on there head on over to sooners360.com to uh, we've got a visit tracker uh, social media tracker going uh, for these guys uh, we'll have some insider notes hopefully in the next few days on offense and defense uh, so head on over to the board check that out uh, we'll be updating that all weekend um, and again r- uh, reminder subscribe to the show we are on apple spotify stitcher etc and soon to be on youtube and we hope to see everybody around the water cooler